Okay, praise the Lord. Now, we left off last week, uh, David killed Goliath. And we wasn't like, what's well, a little cute fairy tale. What happened? We saw the build up to it. He's just a kid. The first king of Israel was Saul. And Saul has taken him into his home. David was playing the heart for him because remember, Saul wouldn't, he wouldn't obey the Lord. So he's got troubles. Wow. All right, now let's back up. I'm going to go back even further. Let's go back to uh, Matthew just a moment. Watch this. Because, I mean, you know, you think, well, is the Bible really true? I heard people were drinking and smoking when they wrote. It's history. That's the reason there's such a vehement, oh, if we can get rid of Genesis, we can get people, they call it separation from Moses. They want to separate the sciences from Moses. And it's not real scientists. It's people that were, they, they've been doing this. I can name some important guys that were they just thought the influence of the church well the church can get corrupt but the scriptures never get corrupt okay anyway nonetheless they these guys were like well we need to if we their whole motive was to get us away from believing that the bible is the timeline well go for it if you want to but the problem is is you're not going to have the artifacts of geology and everything are not going to support that you you can you can get a lot of people thinking, well, oh, it is, but uh, uh, when you go looking at it, and especially under today's information of fake news and what we heard with Hitler, of propaganda, what's going on today is just making all that stuff. We won't even pay attention to it because we think, well, don't you believe? You need to believe the way I believe. Why? Well, yeah, but we need to be progressive, and we need to we need to make people believe, you know, that we're oh, whatever. Jesus, look at this, watch this. This is Matthew. This is the beginning of your New Testament. Watch this. These are the ancestors of Jesus Christ. We don't really know where we came from. Oh, yeah, we do, too. Look at this. A descendant of King David. Well, yeah, he did say that. Yeah, I know. See, that's the reason the Bible has stuck their neck way out there. Okay? And then it goes, and of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac. Now, this doesn't bore you because... There's an end to it. I work at work, and we've got work breakdown structures, and sometimes these things are at 7,000. That's short. I've seen some that are 100,000 little items just for one contract. Got to do this first before you can do this next. Ain't but 40-something right here. Actually, it's, it's uh, 45, whatever. Anyway, watch this. <clears throat> but did the math right, whatever. 15, 15, 15. Uh, yeah, 45. Watch this. So the ancestors of Jesus Christ. So these names, they just go, 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 go. But it's, watch what he says here. I want to skip all the way down. Notice here about, uh, we started with Abraham here. So why didn't he go back even further? Well, you could go look at Genesis and you can pick up from Abraham and back up further. Okay. But anyway, Jesus was the descendant of King, uh, of King David. Okay. So he backs up with Abraham. All right, and so you come all the way down here. Notice here, Salmon was the father of Boaz. Rahab was his mother. Boaz was the father of Obed. Ruth was his mother. Obed was the father of Jesse. Jesse was the father of, there it is, King David. Now look at this other little thing they threw in there. David was the father of Solomon. His mother was the widow of, widow of Uriah. Who was that? Well, that's the one David had killed, you know, so he could, you know, remember Bathsheba, that little story? Wow. Wow. Okay, anyway, now let's skip on down here. And then it goes on down here. There's Hezekiah, Zerubbabel, and come on down here. Da 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 da. There's Jacob, and uh, oh, in other words, who Jacob's dad was uh, was Joe. Well, anyway, Joseph's dad was Jacob. And there's Jacob, who was the husband of Mary, the mother of Jesus Christ. Now look at this interesting thing. There are 14 of these generations from Abraham to King David, and then from King David to the time of the exile. God, we got to quit saying this because it never happened. It's it too. You can't just erase history. These are the facts concerning the birth of Jesus. Now, let's back up just a moment here. I want to go, uh, we, there's another place we can go. That was in Matthew there. Let's go to Luke here. Luke chapter, it's actually chapter 3. 
So only two places we get this. Let me drop down here about this right here. Okay, let's see. John the Baptist talked about him. And then it says, uh, it picks up, Jesus was about 30 uh, uh, years old when he began his public ministry. This is Luke chapter 3, and look at this. Joseph's father was Heli. Heli's father was Matha. He's going the other direction now. Going to go all the way back. Guess how far he goes back. Yeah, but Richard, you just can't do that. Yeah, you can. If we weren't, if our nation wasn't so young, you would be able to go so far back. It would be the piece of cake. Somebody's got your records. They got them. We don't have them today very well. You probably can think about who your great-grandfather is. And then we have things like, you know, follow the money. It's all about money now, you know. But back when you knew, you had your own records. Now, I know you can go to genealogy.com, but whatever. Remember, put the shekels on the table. They're going to give you, yeah, your great-great-granddaddy was. <laughs> you should know yourself is the point. But we've all been duped in thinking that nobody really knows. Look at the Bible has really put their neck out here. Look at this. Joseph, that's Mary and Joseph. That's Joseph. Father of Jesus, you could say. Heli was his dad. Mathad, okay, all the way down. Joseph, Matthias, all these people keep going. Remember, it doesn't put you to sleep like they say. It's in there for a reason. Here they go. Zerubbabel, right there. Shealtai, Nera. Keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. Ooh, there's Levi's father was Simeon. Simeon was Judah. Judah was Joseph. Joseph was Jonan, okay. He's backing on up. That was, remember, Jesus is the lion of the tribe of, of Judah right there. Okay, let's see. Let's keep going. Oh, here's David right here. Nathan's father was David. David's father was Jesse, Obed, Oboaz, Salmon. Here we go. Amenadab. Let's see. Here we go. Hezron, Pires. There's Judah right there, you know. Oh, and you do know Judah, if you go read the story in Genesis, he, he basically had sex with his, with his daughter, I mean his daughter-in-law. You know, you go read the story, you'll find out what was going on. But then prior to that, well actually, no, that was it. She dressed up like a harlot. Jesus' great, 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 great grandmother was a harlot. Well, she pulled a trick on her dad, okay, her dad-in-law. Anyway, here we go. Here we go. You got J Judah's father was Jacob. Here goes Jacob, Isaac, Abraham. And here you go. Terah was his father. Nahor, you keep going. Oh, my gosh. The chart's back there in the back. You can see it. But here we go. Keep climbing back. Look at this. Rui, Eber, just naming some of them. Arpaxad. Well, Arpaxad, he was the grandson of Noah. Yeah, Noah existed. There's Noah. Oh, my gosh. All right, here we go. Back up from Noah. There's 10 more all the way to creation here. Methuselah, you heard of him. Enoch, yeah, you heard of him. He disappeared. Remember that? You know, God took him. There's Seth. And look at that. Seth's father was Adam. Adam's father was... I can't be in the Bible. Oh, we just read it. Adam's father was God. Wow, what a timeline. Wonder if those things are true. Well, they are true. Praise the Lord. You have to just take it upon yourself and look these things up and you'll go, you know, wow. I mean, because what are we doing here today if these things are not true? Okay, now, let's go to, uh, uh, let's go back to, let me back up a second. I'm going to go where we left off. David just killed Goliath. Uh, remember, this is a historic timeline. You would have find all those dates. They come chronological. It just goes left to right. You don't, you don't even, you don't, it just laid out beautifully. I mean, Revelation is not history except for the first three chapters. Revelation is future. So this is just laid out so simple. Like I say, one of the, one of the reasons I like to tell folks, people is use the Living Bible. You know, I mean, you can use the King James if you want to, but unless you're familiar with the Portuguese language and Latin and whatever else, you're going to claim you've read the Bible. Here's people, I read the Bible. Yeah, what'd you read in? King James, yeah, I put you to sleep. You just went, just like you did in college or some of your classes, you just went through, you didn't get any of it, you know. Because we're not experts in the King's language of fifth, in the 15th century. We're not. To wit. What does that mean? Well, that guy's a witty character. No, it doesn't, that doesn't mean that. Behold. Do you use that when you go to McDonald's? Behold. 
You don't even know what behold is. You know, behold is something wonderful happened. I didn't know that. Behold. I know what behind is, but not behold, you know. So you, we wouldn't know, you know. It's just, it's just crazy. But you read it in the Living Bible, you're like, oh my gosh, this stuff really happened. Wow, what a story, you know. Wow. wow. You, you start reading Genesis and you go, I'm already in the ninth chapter. I've only been reading for 35 minutes. Yeah, you're flying. You can get it. You can get it. And you go back to the King James, if you were, and you go, hey, that's what it said. I see it now. Okay, but anyway. So let's, I want to pick up right here at, uh, they've, already, you know, they've already been through the promise. They've already got in the promised land. They lost the promised land. They're slowly getting it back. And that's where all these kings took place here. All right, now we just wiped out Goliath here in uh, First Sam- I mean, in First Samuel seventeen. Oh, uh, oh, let's see. Remember, there's Goliath right there. The very last thing we saw there was uh, uh, after David killed Goliath, Abner brought him to Saul with a Philistine's head still in his hand. You go read that in the King James to see if you catch that. Let's just give it a shot. Let's see what he says. See how fast we are without having to translate. Look at this. Look at this King James. He had a helmet of brass upon his head. We probably could get that. He was armed with a coat of mail. Yeah, he was on eBay, like we were saying. He was selling things. A coat of mail. Do you know what that is? We didn't even think. Bulletproof vest. We understand. Oh, we get get it. Okay. Now we understand what it is. Look at this. And the weight of the coat. Was he wearing a coat? Was it fur? No. It was solid metal. We don't even watch many movies of medieval days. But boy, you can tell during this day they did. The coat was 5,000 shekels of brass. What? I thought that's money. See, you'd miss it right there. No, it's the weight of it. It's also in shekels. He had greaves. Oh, we all know what greaves are. We use that word in New Hope, don't we? No, we don't. Greaves, because he was sad about the brass. <laughs> no, greaves meant something else. And a target of brass between his shoulders. What? A target? Aim here? I mean, come on. That's not what that means. But anyway, let's skip down here to where the last verse there. Uh, David returned from the slaughter of the Philistine. Abner took him and brought him before Saul with the head of the Philistine in his hand. Well, we would have caught that. And notice this. Whose son art thou? Uh, excuse me. Whose son art thou? Thou young man. We don't even use that. I don't even, uh, as long as I've been with Melody, I didn't ever say thou. Thou shalt clean up thy room, you know. I mean, <laughs> we don't use that word. Look at this. Look at this. I am the son of thy servant Jesse, the Bethlehemite, whatever. Okay, so here we go. Let's go back to the Living Bible. Watch how fast we cruise here, because we're going to get two chapters here real quick. So we already know that, uh, and remember, we don't notice this. Notice the time frame. Tell me about your father, my boy, Saul said, and David said, his name is Jesse, and we live in Bethlehem, and he's holding this bloody head of a giant, so it's going to be a pretty good size golf ball, isn't it, man? And David is thrilled. He ain't about to let go of that. He's like, man, <laughs> he's tickled, all right? Now, after King Saul had finished, see, that's why you can't read this 10 years from now. Ah, oh, the, the Bible's so wonderful. I sat, uh, uh, used to put me to sleep hearing people tell stories like this when I was in high school. They just finally take time out of their life to begin to read the Bible again. They go, oh, the Bible's always going to do that to you, but why don't you have that all the time? Okay, here we go. After he finished his conversation with David, David met Jonathan. Who's that? Tells you, the king's son. And there was an immediate bond of love between them. Jonathan swore to be his blood brother and sealed the pact by giving him his robe, his sword, his, his bow, and his belt. The idiots in today and who, who try to get you, they try to say these guys are homosexuals. I, it's amazing. You Google this, they'll go, yeah. Because there's a verse in there that says that, that uh, they loved each other more than the love of women. Come on, you girls, you guys in here, we've all had best friends, and you, you would do anything for your best friend. But see, see what that's designed to do? Whoa, David's the son of a 
homo or whatever, you know. There's homos all over the Bible. Yeah, they all got cooked in Sodom and Gomorrah, okay? And we got warnings about that in the New Testament. Okay. But they'll try to teach you. So you can't believe the Bible. The Bible just, yeah, you can. It's going to be mercy for all. If people look, I don't care what status they are, what problem. We've all sinned. It's not just homosexuality. We all have sinned, okay? We've all sinned, and we're all going to sin. So that puts me in the same category as all of them. Well, I've never committed adultery. Well, the Scripture says you have. If you break one law, get this. The Scripture says if you broke one law, like Lord just said, you broke them all. Yeah, but I didn't. It doesn't matter. You broke one. You broke them all. Wow. What am I going to do? But we just got through singing, crown him with many crowns. Hallelujah. He died for me. Otherwise, he died for nothing. So anyway, so back to the history. David, there was a, man, there was an immediate bond of love between them. They were homos. Oh, good grief. Ridiculous. We know better than that. Jonathan swore to be his blood brother. We can relate to that. Wow. And they sealed the pact by giving him his robe, his sword, his, his, his bow, and his belt. That's what Jonathan did. Now, Jonathan was older. And he loved him. Now watch this. King Saul, that's his dad, now kept him with him and wouldn't let him return home anymore. Saul specially, he was Saul's special assistant and he always carried out his assignments successfully. Now remember, he's still a young guy. But look what's happening. So, I mean, wouldn't you? He made him commander of his troops. I remember he just wiped out. He said he's always wiped out bears and lions. And then Saul was sitting there watching him through binoculars going, I can't believe it, Abner. He took that giant out. <laughs> he wiped him out. He just cut his head off with Goliath's sword. <laughs> you know, that'd be a pretty good sized sword. Ah, but look what happened. Here we go. Now remember, remember this book's called Samuel. He was a prophet. He's already anointed David to take over to be king. And Saul already knew it. Okay. Look what happened. He made him commander of the troops and appointed an appointment that was applauded by the army and the general public alike. I mean, everybody, you know, if you serve the Lord, people are going to... Anyway, but something happened when the victorious Israeli army was returning home after David killed Goliath. Now, get the time frame. It just happened. Uh-oh. The women came out from the towns along the way to celebrate and to cheer for King Saul and were singing and dancing for joy with tambourines and cymbals. Now, I want to jump ahead about a year or two or whatever, three or four years. David is running for his life from Saul. And David acts like he's a... Uh, he's a Lost his mind, Ooh, and he's with this other king. And this king goes, is this not the guy that they were singing about saying David and Saul's killed his thousands and David has killed his ten thousands? Why is this known history? Well, it's like the known history when they came out of Egypt. It happened. Okay, here we go. Women came out along the way celebrating to cheer for King Saul and were singing and dancing with joy and tambourines and cymbals. I guess so, because remember, they didn't have their own nation. We got to quit thinking like Americans here. They had lost. Remember, we just read a few chapters ago, the Israelis weren't even allowed to have a nine millimeter. You know, they couldn't even have a sword or nothing. Nobody had a sword. No, no, no. Because they were slaves of the Philistines. Another country was controlling them. Anyway, however, this was their song. There it is. You know, marys he dotes and for those he dotes. <laughs> Whatever tune you want. Saul has killed his thousands and David's killed his ten thousands. That just irked the king. Here's what he says. Oh, of course, Saul was very angry. What's this? He said to himself. They credit David with ten thousand and me only thousands. Next they'll be what? Helping him make himself be king. That's what it says. 
Yeah, they'll be making him their king. So at that time, Saul kept a jealous watch on David. The very next day, in fact, a tormenting spirit from God overwhelmed Saul, and he began to rave like a, a madman. Aren't you got that? In your, you've seen people lose it. David began to soothe him by playing the harp, as he did whenever this happened. Remember, that happened in the chapter 4. He was doing it. And so Saul, who was fiddling with his fear, spear, well, you know what he did? Suddenly, he hurled it at David, intended to pin him to the wall. Now, remember, you need to think about this. Jesus is the son of David. You've got piles of psalms. They're all written by David almost, you could say. David jumped. So in other words, David's you. That's the reason you got this song. But David jumped aside and escaped. Praise report. <laughs> this happened another time too, for Saul was afraid of him and was jealous, for the Lord had left him and was now with David. Hmm. Is the Lord with us today? Oh, God. Yeah. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. His name is Emmanuel, God with us. Yes. Whoops, we're not doing that. Let's see. Remind me later. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. So finally, Saul, look at that. Saul finally banned him from his presence and demoted him to the rank of a captain. See, he was the general. Now he's a captain. Boy, look at this crap. But the controversy, look at that, put David more than ever in the public eye. David continued, look at that. He continued to succeed in everything he undertook for the Lord. Now, wait a minute. Let's hold on a minute. We need to get Christianity in here because not everything works out. Oh, really? Not everything works out? Yes, it does work out, praise the Lord. Get your faith back in the Bible. Spend some time reading about Jesus. You never see Jesus go, well, I walked on the water last week. Somebody didn't work this week. <laughs> I, I healed a few people last week, but it's not working this week. He healed them all, all the time. He commissioned his 12 disciples to do what he was doing. His 12 disciples were healing people, and they weren't going, well, it don't work on Mondays, but it always works on Sunday. No, all the time. You get rid of that by reading the Bible. You read the book of Psalms and you'll find out, praise the Lord, I'm supposed to always win. Okay. Uh, when Saul saw this, he became even more afraid of him. What did he see? Continual success, continual success, continual success. You're supposed to be the same way. You read Psalm 1, it ain't but eight verses long, or nine, whatever. Guess what? You shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, and whatever you do will prosper, praise the Lord. Think about that only. Don't think about anything else. Think about Coach Saban at halftime. When we're ha when we're you don't know what he's saying. And everybody, I guarantee he's not saying, well, I hope we can pull this off. He's jacking them up left and right, telling you can do this. We're going to win this ball game. This is ours. You, know, you don't go in there and go, well, you never know. The Lord might be trying to teach us something in the fourth quarter. Go home then. You'd never have killed Goliath with that attitude. Remember, David was red cheeks, little, going against a nine-foot, whoo, Anyway, he was more afraid of him. But all Israel and Judah, they loved him, for he was seen as one of them. Praise the Lord. What does that mean? You and I. Anyway, one day Saul said to David, I'm ready to give you my oldest daughter, Merib. Well, I thought it was Michael. Well, keep reading. Remember, you get the history when you read this, you get it. I'm going to give you my daughter, Mary. We'll say Mary as your wife. But first, you've got to prove yourself to be a real soldier by fighting the Lord's battle. For Saul thought to himself, I'll send him out among the Philistines. Why should I kill him? I'll just let the bad guys kill him. Oh, really? That's what he said. Verse 18. Look what David said. Who am I that I should be the king's son-in-law? David said, my father's family is nothing. But when the time arrived for the wedding, look at that. Saul married her off to, we'll call him Al, whatever, Adriel, a man from Maholath instead. 
In the meantime, Saul's daughter, oh, Michael, Michelle, whatever you want to call her here. Boy, she's falling in love with David. Can't have no love in the Bible. You try to take love out of the, that's the reason it's so cool to read the Bible. It's, this is real. You know, a lot of times when we, or even in things we're trying to work things out, you're to ask, we always ask somebody, are you in love with them? And that's when you find out, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's something about that. When you find out, yeah, I'm in love with them. Okay, we get it. Saul was delighted to hear about this. Now he's going to use his daughter to get David killed. Uh, here's another opportunity to see him killed by the Philistine, he said to himself. But David said, uh, you, uh, no, so, but he said to David, you can be my son-in-law after all. But look what he's going to tell him to do. Basically jump through a hoop, jump off a cliff, do all this crazy stuff. For I'll give you my youngest daughter. Then Saul instructed his men to say confidentially, what a liar, liar, to David that, the, oh, the king really liked him. And they all loved him and thought he should accept the king's proposition to be his son-in-law. <laughs> Look what David says. How can a poor man like me from an unknown family find enough dowry? We know what a dowry is, don't you? Oh, try to look that up in the King James and you'll go, oh, yeah, I'm reading the Bible. You'd miss it right over your head. Saul's men reported it back to him. He said, hey, David said, I ain't got enough money to get your daughter. Tell David I only want a dowry. For the only dowry I need is 100 dead Philistines. Basically, you want me to click that note there? I want 100 of their private parts in a basket. In other words, prove you've killed these guys. I'll show it to you. Literally 100. You read it for yourself. Okay. Vengeance on my enemies is all I want. But what Saul had in mind was David would be killed in the fight. I'm trying not to let you read ahead, but you know what David did? He said, 100? I'll get 200. What? Yeah. David was delighted. Notice David wasn't like, oh my God, it's going to be close. And you shouldn't think about anything being close to you. You know, like Melody find you a new car or whatever. This is no brains. Praise God. God's going to take care of you. Look at this. So before the time limit expired, had a schedule, under budget. Look at that. He and his men went out and killed 200 Philistines and presented their foreskins to Saul. Mm, you want to count them? <laughs> I don't want to touch that stuff. Man, God. So, so Saul, Saul gave him Michael. When the king realized how much the Lord was with David and how immensely popular he was with all the people, he became even more and more afraid of it and grew to hate him with every passing day. Whenever the Philistine army attacked, David was more successful against them. Remember, he's just a captain now. Uh, than all the rest of Saul's officers. It's like, what am I doing? I may as well make him general. Okay. So David's name, look at this. This is the end of the chapter. It became very famous throughout the land. Hallelujah. Do you know over in the New Testament, we have uh, in the book of Revelation, you read it for yourself, the letters to the churches. He that hath ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He says this, I will give to you the key of David, which no man can open and no man close. You've got this, praise the Lord. All we have on history is, is this. This is what he did. David's winning all, every, left and right. It's all yours. And I have a story we won't get to today, but the very last few days of David's life, he swore to his wife Bathsheba because one of his sons was trying to, Absalom was trying to take over the kingship and it was going to be Solomon. And David says this, I swear by the Lord who delivered me out of every problem I ever had. He's an old man. Could we have that? Yeah, it's yours. It's ours. We just we, we basically ticked the Lord off by acting like the Israelites when we came to the promised land. Well, we can't go in there and there's giants in there. Well, you can't count on the Lord to help us. He probably wants us to die. That's what they said. And that's why the Lord said, okay, for 40 years you're going to wander in the wilderness till you die, since that's what you believe. Oh, we're not going to believe that. 
Anyway, so now he, okay, we read that part, didn't we? Okay. Uh, now Saul urged his aides and Jonathan to assassinate David. Good grief, he just killed Goliath, and now look what King Saul's doing. He wants Jonathan. Now remember, what's the story of Jonathan? Boy, they're tight. But Jonathan, because of his close friendship with David, told him what his father was planning. Tomorrow morning, Jonathan warned him, you must find a hiding place in the field, and I'll ask my father to go out there with me, and I'll talk to him about you, then I'll tell you everything I find. Hey, this is a story about the Arab. No, this is the day. Of, oh, anyway, this was a few days before that. This is another story in the field. The next morning, Jonathan and his father were talking together. He spoke well of David and begged him not to be against David. He's never done anything to harm you, Jonathan pleaded. He's always helped you in any way he could. Have you forgotten how he risked his life to kill... Well, that never happened. Yes, it did. How he killed Goliath and how the Lord brought a great victory to Israel. You were certainly happy about it then. Why should you now murder an innocent man? There's no reason for it. Finally, Saul agreed and vowed, as the Lord lives, he shall not be killed. Well, so much for that vow. We know what's going to happen. Afterward, Jonathan called David and told him what had happened. He then took David to Saul and everything was as it was before. War broke out shortly after. David led his troops against the Philistines' men and he wiped them out. That's far-fetched. Check up on ISIS today. How's Trump doing on ISIS? Zero in Syria right now. I mean, this is not far-fetched. We know what's going on. We can relate to this. All right. Uh, but one day, oh, here we go again. Saul was sitting at home listening to David playing his harp. Suddenly, the tormenting spirit from the Lord attacked him. He had his spear in his hand. He hurled it at David in an attempt to kill him. But David, here he goes again. It missed him. Man, I'm a guitar picker. And I'd be like, and he's a harp picker, and I have to look, you know, <laughs> and whatever. And I'm like, how would you ever know? The Lord will help you. Praise God. People, are, don't worry about getting shot on the freeway, driving home. People, wow, you never know. Well, car passing you, they might pull out a gun. They're not going to get you. He is a shield. You, David wrote about that so many times in the Psalms. The Lord God is a sun and shield. He gives grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold. You know, anyway. But anyway, so what happened? He tried to kill him. David dodged out of the way and fled into the night, leaving the spear embedded in the timber in the wall. Saul sent troops. Oh, my gosh to watch David's house and kill him when he came out in the morning. Now look at this. Here's his wife, Michael. Look at this story. If you don't get out tonight, his wife said, you'll be dead by morning. Praise the Lord. She was a smart woman. But the Lord's helping David here. So she helped him get down to the ground through a window. Now remember, her dad is Saul. Then she took an idol. Well, look at that. And put it in his bed. And covered it with blankets with its head on a pillow of goat's hair. Remember, everybody was doing what they thought was cool. They were not all in church. Now, David was sitting there going, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord. But his wife, hmm, anyway. So she told, anyway, the soldiers came in to arrest David to take him to Saul. Well, she lied. She said, oh, he's sick and he couldn't get out of bed. Well, her daddy said, well, bring him to me in his bed so that I can kill him. But when they came to carry him out, they discovered it was an idol. Oh, man. Why have you deceived me? Boy, now he's getting his daughter. Be like me jacking up my daughter, Melody, or Joy. You know. Why have you deceived me? <laughs> he demanded of Michael. Look what she said. I had to. He threatened to kill me if I didn't. Now, you know he didn't because we just read that. In that way, David got away and went to Ramah to see. Look at that. Samuel, he's an old timer, but he ran to go see him. And told him all that Saul had done. Now, see, Saul, had, I mean, Samuel had been crying over Saul. 
And he's going, man, I can't believe this guy's king. And it was, it was, he was sorry that he was appointed as a king. Anyway, Saul took David to live with him at some make-believe place. No, nah, it's on the map. Naoth. Okay. When the report reached Saul that David was at Naoth and Ramah, he sent soldiers to capture him. But when they arrived, oh, I don't understand the Bible. I can't. Watch this. They're trying to get him. Remember, David's always going to escape. You and I are David today. Watch this. When they arrived, they saw Samuel and the other prophets prophesying. The Spirit of the Lord came upon them, and they also began to prophesy. Now, what's that? What's that? The Lord just takes over in your prophecy. It's good things. It's edification, comfort, encouragement. The Lord's, they're not going, I'm prophesying about myself today. I'm going to die this afternoon. <laughs> no, it's the Lord's blessings, all these wonderful things. Look at that. All these guys were prophesying. So let's back up. He sent soldiers to capture him. But when the soldiers arrived and saw Samuel and the other prophets prophesying, basically they foot stomping, singing, whatever. The Lord is just, man, God, Sunday church was fantastic. I just really got into it. Well, watch this. The Spirit of God came upon them soldiers. And they began to prophesy. What? When Saul heard what had happened, he sent other soldiers. Count two. Here's the second round. He sent other soldiers, but they too prophesied. Huh? Yeah. The same thing happened a third time. Then Saul himself went to Ramah and says, I can't believe this. I'm going down there. And when he went down there, he stripped himself naked and he was doing the same thing. Saul himself went to Ramah. He arrived uh, at the great well in Siku. Where is Samuel and David? He demanded, hey. Someone said, well, they're at Naoth. On the way to Naoth, the Spirit of God came on Saul. <laughs> and he too began to prophesy. Look at this. He tore off his clothes and lay naked all day long and prophesied with Samuel's prophets. Saul's men were incredulous. They're going, when did he become a preacher? When did he, when did he become a preacher? What? Is Saul a prophet too? Now look, let me, let me hang on. Let me check something real quick. Uh, God, we're, we're going to be out of time. Let me, let me check. Let's see what we got. Yeah, we're going to be out of time. Oh, man. Okay. But anyway, the next chapter is just fantastic. It's going to be, David's going to be fleeing for his life. But anyway, uh, just read part of this. David now fled to Naoth and Ramah and found Jonathan. Remember who Jonathan is? That's Saul's son. They are tight, buddy. What have I done? He exclaimed. Why is your father determined to kill me? <laughs> Jonathan's in the dark now. He goes, no, he's not. Huh? I'm sure he's not planning such a thing. He always tells me everything he's going to do. And I know he wouldn't hide a thing like this from me. It just isn't so. Boy, David's saying, now, man, you ain't been reading the news. Look what he says. I'm going to stop here, but watch this. Of course you don't know about it, David fumed. Your father perfect, is perfect, knows perfectly well about our friendship. He said to himself, I'll not, uh, excuse me, I'll, I'll, not, uh, I'll not tell Jonathan why should I hurt him. But the truth is, I'm only one step away from death. And I swear by the Lord and by your own soul. Well, tell me what to do, Jonathan begged. David said, tomorrow's the beginning of the new celebration of the new moon. Always, I've been with your father for this occasion, but tomorrow I'll hide in the field and I'll stay there till the evening of the third day. If your father asks where I am, tell him I asked to go home to Bethlehem, you know, for an annual family reunion. He said, if he says, fine, I'll know all is well. But if he's angry, then I'll know he's planning to kill me. Do this for me as my sworn brother or else kill me yourself if I've sinned against your father, but don't betray me to him. Well, Jonathan says, well, hey, well, look what he says. Of course not, Jonathan exclaimed. Would, look, wouldn't I say so if I knew my father was planning to kill you? Then David said, how will I know whether or not your father is angry? 
Come with me in the field, Jonathan said. And they went out there together. Now, here's that big field story right here. Jonathan told David, I promise by the Lord God of Israel that by this time tomorrow or the next day at the latest, I'll talk to my dad about you and let you know at once how he feels. If he's angry and wants to kill you, then may the Lord kill me if I don't tell you so you can escape and live. Look at all this protection. May the Lord be with you as he used to be with my dad. And remember, you must demonstrate that loving kindness of the Lord, not only to me during my lifetime, but also to my children, for the Lord has destroyed, after the Lord's destroyed all your enemies. Now you can understand why David wanted the death of the people that killed Saul and Saul's kids later. Even though some people thought, hey, it's a good thing, hey, Saul died. Jonathan made a covenant with the family of David. David swore to it with a terrible curse upon himself and his descendants should he be unfaithful to that promise. But Jonathan made David swear to it again by this time for his love for him. Look at it, there it is. For he loved him homo, right? Yeah, oh, come on. Good grief. All the San Francisco people that live this way don't have this kind of love. Look at this. For he loved him as much as he loved himself. Wow. Then Jonathan said, yes, they'll miss you tomorrow when your place at the table's empty. By the day after tomorrow, everyone will be asking you, so be at the hideout where you were before. Okay, let's finish this. Watch this. Watch what happened. It goes quick. I'll just read. Watch this. Uh, over by, I'm going to come out and I'm going to shoot three arrows in front of the pile as though I was shooting at a target. I'll send a lad, a little kid, to bring the arrows back. If you hear me tell that kid, they're on this side, then you'll know all is well. There's no trouble. But, I'm, but if I tell that kid, go farther. The arrows are still ahead of you then it will mean you must flee for your life. You must leave immediately. And may the Lord make us keep our promises to each other as he's witnessed. Now, here goes the story. So David hid in the field. He's in the field. When the new moon celebration began, the king sat down to eat at his usual place at the, at, against the wall. Jonathan sat opposite him. Abner sat sitting beside Saul. David's place was empty. Saul didn't say anything about it that day. For he supposed something had happened, so David was ceremonially, ceremonially uh, impure. Yes, that must be it. Well, it couldn't be you slung your spear at him, you know. <laughs> God. you know. Here we go, watch this. But when his place was still empty the next day, Saul said to Jonathan, Hey, why hasn't David been here for dinner, either yesterday or today? Well, he asked me if he could go to Bethlehem to take part in a family celebration, Jonathan replied. Well, that's a lie. The Bible's a history book. It's not a recording of people that all go to church. Okay, stay with us so we can go home. His brother demanded that he be there, so I told him to go ahead. Boy, Saul boiled with rage. He was furious. Now guess where that spear's going this time? He's going to throw it at Jonathan. You fool, he yelled at him. Do you think you don't know? Uh, no, do you, do you think I don't know that you want this son of a nobody to be king in your place? Here comes the spear. This time Jonathan's going to dodge it. Shaming yourself and your mother. As long as that fellow's alive, you'll never be king. Now go and get him so I can kill him. What's he done? Jonathan demanded. Why should he be put to death? There it goes. Saul hurled his spear at Jonathan. He, see how anger, not just anger, he didn't want to serve the Lord. That's his problem. Man, because you can have anger all you want. Anger's not the story here. The story is Saul wouldn't obey the Lord. Anyway, <clears throat> he hurled his spear at Jonathan intended to kill him. So at last, Jonathan realized his father really meant it when he said David must die. Jonathan left the table. Well, he was mad. Well, he's going to anger management. That's not the story. You can get furious. You know? Anyway, he refused to eat all that day and was crushed by his father's shameful behavior toward David. Now get your handkerchiefs out. This is going to be a boo-hoo time right here. God. Now you'll understand it because we understand human emotions. 
Watch this. The next morning, as Jonathan agreed, he went out into the field, took a young boy with him. So picture that. He's got a young lad. He's going to shoot these there, and he knows. Start running, he told the boy. Start running so you can find the arrows as I shoot them. The boy ran, and, and Jonathan shot the arrows on purpose beyond him. When the boy had reached the arrow, Jonathan shouted, The arrow is still ahead of you. Hurry, hurry, don't wait. So the boy quickly gathered up the arrows, and he ran back to his master. Now just look at this. The little kid's back. Now what's he going to do with that kid? Here we go. Of, he, of course, didn't understand what Jonathan meant. Only Jonathan and David knew. Then Jonathan gave his bow and arrows to the boy and told him to take him back to the city. See, Jonathan every bit, had every bit of confidence that David was still over there in that nick of the woods and heard all this. Oh, there it is. As soon as he was gone, golly, Bob, man, that's the end of it. Let me see if I can read it. David came out from where he had been hiding at the edge of the field. Both of them were crying as they said goodbye. Man. At last, Jonathan said to David, cheer up, for we've entrusted each other. Uh, and each other's children into God's hands forever. No, what good is that going to do? Whatever will be, will be. No, no, don't do that. Ask the Lord for protection. You know, Jonathan didn't say, well, I know a lion may get my kids, but would you swear not to kill my kids? It's the same thing. The Lord will protect you. Wow. Cheer up. We've entrusted each other and, and our other children into God's hands. So they departed, David going away and Jonathan returning into the city. Now, a good thing about it is if you read this, we're going to stop here. They get to see each other one more time. About, I don't know how many years later. But anyway, Saul, from here on, Saul is trying to kill him. Jonathan can't stop him. But he always gets free. Father, we just thank you for your word today. We thank you that, Lord, we're just like David. Hallelujah. Jesus is the son of David. He keeps talking about David. Whose son is he? You know, How can the Lord say to my Lord, sit thou at thy right hand and his genealogy and whatever. So, Father, we see these things are so, and we just thank you. We have the help. So, Father, if we're hurting today, no matter what it is, financially, you'll take care of that. You know, if we're hurting physically in our bodies, you'll take care of that. Glory to God. And if it's just something else, what could it be? Large or small, you'll take care of it. And that doesn't leave anything left but for us to trust the Lord and to tell others about how the Lord's got us out of trouble too. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Okay.